Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast. And in the world of paranormal news, as per IGN, if you are a Star Wars fan, this is the month to be a Star Wars fan. We just passed May 4th, which is basically a new Star Wars holiday. May the 4th be with you. And then on May 5th, we have Revenge of the 5th, which was turned into, yet again, another Star Wars day. And then we have some news. Hasbro is re-releasing the very first Star Wars toys. As per IGN, Hasbro is reviving the classic, notoriously janking Kenner Star Wars action figures from 1970s by releasing a retro collection multi-pack of characters inspired by the original toy line for A New Hope. And you can see that on IGN.com, spelled out I-G-N-D-O-T-C-O-M on Instagram. The Pentagon is pre- is still going with the Capitol Hill um, introductions and hearings about UFOs. Lawmakers receiving the latest secret briefings on UFOs say the National Security Agency are still not taking the UFO sighting seriously, but other members of the Senate Intelligence Committee are trying to ramp up the investigation to know exactly what these UFO sightings are. So if you've been listening to my podcast, I've had a couple of episodes giving you guys the news on UFOs that it has now be it has now become a thing through the Senate and the Pentagon basically saying that UFOs are in fact a real thing. And speaking about Star Wars, later on this month Obi-Wan will be hitting Disney Plus. So if you are a fan of Star Wars, we are having the story of what happened to Obi-Wan when he went to go protect Luke Skywalker. And there are reports that there is going to be a crossover of the video game Jedi Fallen Order. So to get actually into this podcast episode today, we are actually going to talk about the real Rey's occult. Now, if you are a Ghostbusters fan, you know that in Ghostbusters 2, we see that Rey Stance, Dan Aykroyd's character, had a show called, a uh, store rather, named Rey's Occult. And there's actually a lot of hidden backstories to why that store was named that. And also a lot of Rey Stance was actually Dan Aykroyd putting his self into the character because Dan Aykroyd had a very, very big following and family that was into the occult and to the paranormal. So for this episode, I brought on someone that is a diehard Ghostbusters fan, and um, he's one of my good friends. Claudio, welcome to the Say What Again Billy podcast. What is up, my brother? Wow, what a great show to get on this episode because the Hasbros, the anti-reproduction mafia that is Star Wars collectors must be going nuts that Star Wars original line is getting reproduced. Shout out to Stan Solo, because that man must be happy as hell. Ghostbusters, May the 4th, May the 5th, who cares? May it be whatever Kathleen Kennedy wants it to be. And Ghostbusters, hell yeah, sign me up all day, every day, GB, I'm there. Awesome, thanks for having me. No problem, Claude. And it, it feels like we're like reliving our childhood because we have all these shows that are coming out through Disney Plus with like Obi-Wan and we have Ghostbusters Afterlife that just passed. We got news of another Ghostbuster movie coming out. And speaking of reviving toy lines, we've seen in the past six months that Ghostbusters made a triumphant comeback, not only on the big screen, but with the toy line. Oh, absolutely, man. I'm actually sitting in my treasure trove of Ghostbuster toys right now as I'm doing this podcast with you. 
I'm staring at a whole bunch of Kenner classics that, yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm so happy to see Ghostbusters itself as a franchise finally moving forward in the right direction, excluding the 2016, which I do not have not even a pack of gum that endorses the 2016 Ghostbusters. And I'm, I'm happy as hell, man. It's, it's exciting. It's an exciting time to be a Ghostbusters fan. Two video games coming out, another movie. I mean, can't say enough good things. Yeah, so we, we, I've actually talked about, uh, I think about a podcast or, or go, uh, two episodes ago, um, I mentioned that the video game was coming out, and now the VR game is coming out from Quest 2. So we're seeing like some new Ghostbuster games, and one of those games actually incorporates the movie that we just saw, if everyone stayed to the end credits, it's not a spoiler alert at this point. You saw that Winston is basically going to take over the, you know, the reins of the Ghostbusters, rightfully so. And um, the new one of the new video games coming out basically incorporates that story into the video game where he recruits you and you play. And the makers of that game are the makers of Predator, Predator Hunting Grounds. Yep. Yep. They, from, from what I also read, uh, they're using the tie-in from Afterlife's uh, end credit sequence to bring about this movie, but it's not an official in-universe canon game where the following Ghostbuster movie has to follow whatever uh, stuff is brought about or created in the game. But it's to give it some type of connection. Yeah, they're using the old Winston, which is pretty cool because it's kind of like, like you can see what what would Winston possibly do with the whole crew of new Ghostbusters? That, yeah. That's, that's awesome. It's, it's really awesome. It's, it's, mean, it's really good because I like that they're, they're taking that and, you know, I, I'm going to go on a limb here and say that really nothing has been written down script wise for the new movie that's coming out. So there, there could be some ideas drawn from the video game. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think it's a way of throwing out a fishing line to the fans to get feedback of, well, this would be cool. Wouldn't it be great if this was in the next Ghostbusters movie? Or let's hope that's not in the next Ghostbusters movie. Like it's a way of throwing out a fishing line in a sense as well, too. So, I mean, listen, it's a Ghostbuster game. Take it for what it is. Let's not get crazy. Let's not, you know, bash it if it's horrible. Take it for what it is. It's a game. Have some fun. It's going to kill time in between movies. Enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy I, it. I 100%. I'm just going to go back a little later on to talk about um, Ghostbusters and what we hope to see the next movie be, which would technically be the fourth installment of the original series. The, yes. Of course, we're not including the 2016 reboot. No. I've already said my piece on that a couple of times, but um, this will be will technically be the fourth installment. Um, and if you really want to be technical and PC, um, the fifth installment. But we're going to really talk about to start off with, with, um, with Dan Aykroyd. Um, so I'll, I'll ask you first, before I get into some details of Dan, you know, what do you think of him as an actor and, and, and writer? Um, as an actor, I think he was awesome. I, I first got my dose of Dan Aykroyd as a kid when, it, uh, when Blues Brothers was out on VHS. I, I saw it on a VHS copy one of my cousins had, and my first thing was, oh, okay. And then I see Ghostbusters and then 
hey, that's the guy with the glasses. <laughs> that's yeah. how I first got into Dan Aykroyd. Um, after that, I kind of get the sense that Dan Aykroyd didn't need to act as much to make a living. I think he profited so much off of Ghostbusters and what it immediately became as a franchise that he kind of took a backseat to acting. Um, his work prior to it was was great. I mean, I always loved seeing Dan Aykroyd pop in, even though it was very scarce after the Ghostbusters movies. Um, his writing, I like it. Like you mentioned, his childhood and stuff like that. I, I really think that his upbringing and the beliefs and stuff have all, I mean, been great. I, I kind of wanted to see Ghostbusters Hellbent. The, the script yeah. that he wrote, you know, I always wanted to see Hellbent and see how an inverse version of Manhattan would go. The thing is, is that Dan Aykroyd always had someone to keep him grounded in a little bit more reality. And that was Harold Ramis. That was Ivan Reitman. You know, I mean, if you look at what Ghostbusters 1 would have been in his eyes, they would have been in space. Yeah. And, you know, Ivan Reitman was like, no, hold on. Let's do this. This looks cooler. It's more grounded. It's more reality and, you know, kept Dan Aykroyd on track. I, now, without someone like that, who knows where he would take a story? I mean, how much involved in writing for the next Ghostbusters will he even take part in? I, but, I, I personally think, well, we, we'll, we'll get to that. Let's, let's hold that. But let me, let me go with this. When we think of Dan Aykroyd, we think of a number of things. We think of the movies Blues Brothers, like you said, Coneheads, My Girl, Coneheads. Sergeant Bilko. And my stepmother is an alien. But if you are a paranormal lover, you know Dan best as Dr. Ray Stan from the Ghostbusters, right? Yep. Dan Aykroyd had a heavy hand in all of Ivan Reitman's Ghostbusters movies, including the most recent Ethan Reitman's Ghostbusters Afterlife. So, you know, essentially, he did have a hand in Afterlife and he had a hand in the first two movies and almost undoubtedly will have a hand in the Ghostbusters 4 movie. Um, but how much of the Ghostbusters was inspired by Dan's actual knowledge of the paranormal? So when Dan was a young boy in Canada, which I actually didn't know he was from Canada, the household magazines in Canada, the selection would have would have consisted of National Geographic or Life. But Dan actually has said that in his household, the common and most regular magazine was the Society Psychological Research or Faith Magazine. Now, Dan's great-grandfather, Simon, became a mystic with the uprise of spiritualism circa the early 20th century. His great-grandfather witnessed mediums and other activities of the paranormal and went on to write almost a journal or a grail diary like Indiana Jones. Um, the journal was eventually passed down in his family until one day it went to Dan Aykroyd's father, Dan Aykroyd uh, Sr., I believe. That was his father's name, where later he published a book, A History of Ghosts. Growing up around so much family involvement in the paranormal, Dan became almost a ghostbuster or at least a paranormal investigator through all of this. And in years to come, Dan Aykroyd himself actually had paranormal experiences. Having experiences was something he felt um, he actually had an experience that was actually put into the Ghostbusters movie. Um, remember the scene where he had his pants unbuckled and the ghost was hovering over his uh, bed? 
So this was actually a real life uh, experience in the paranormal. He says he had an experience that he felt something come into his bed, but as opposed to the Ghostbuster movie, what was in there, he said he cuddled up next to it and he said he had a great night's sleep. And like I said, ironically, this was in one of the scenes in the Ghostbusters. He also had a experience with his wife where they witnessed a piece of jewelry dancing around randomly on a countertop and the windows were closed. And besides from a heavy hand in the Ghostbusters, he also had a show pop up, which was called Hotel Paranormal, which was on the Travel Channel. And FYI, I'm giving the Discovery Plus app a plug here. You can actually go to the Travel Channel and type in Hotel Paranormal. I'm pretty sure it's there. But the reason he started this show was to prove to people that are non-believers that there are things that are going on. And like typical paranormal shows, this is a show that um, has some recreation scenes and has the actual people that had the paranormal experience. And they basically retell the story and they do video clips and photos. And besides from the whole ghost thing, which could lead to why he wanted Ghostbusters to probably be in space the first movie, Dan Aykroyd also has uh, events that happened with UFOs and extraterrestrials. And uh, he did a documentary um, with a UFO enthusiast, David Serrati. I can't pronounce his last name, Serrati or Serrati. And he was, he, was, yeah, he was interviewed on a documentary and it was actually titled Dan Aykroyd Unplugged on UFOs, where Dan went on to speak about his UFO sightings and experiences and also went on to say that he witnessed the actual men in black in person. So Dan Aykroyd has quite the family involvement with everything paranormal, which he took and put into a world of paranormal for TV and including the Ghostbusters. Yep, absolutely. You know, just a little tidbit. Uh, the um, what was I going to say? I lost my track of thought. Um, the person that I got in bed with him. Um, that house was um, owned by Mama Cass. Really? Yeah, that's. Uh, I think it's. He still lives there. Actually, that's the um, Mama Cass was an actress. Or she did rock and roll or something. She she was she was famous. Um, Didn't she pass from like an OD or something? Or am I thinking someone else? No, nah, she died in her early thirties from, bro. Believe it or not, choking on a ham sandwich. Really? That's the word. Yep, yep. She was she was a musician actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, she wasn't she wasn't a, a movie star. Um, yep, that's the house where that. Uh, Ghost got in bed with me. Story came from, and it belonged to Mama Cass. Wow, see, that's something that I actually didn't know. Yeah. So he he had his family was just heavy into the occult. And- oh yeah, totally, dude. Actually, I don't mean to cut you off. There was actually he was technically present in a paranormal event as a newborn baby. Wow. While his mom was in bed with him. Um, as a newborn baby, you know, I guess home from the hospital or however they delivered the baby. Don't know how that story went. Um, but she's in bed with her infant baby, Dan Aykroyd, you know, freshly born. Two figures came to the foot of the bed and looked over 
to see what was in the bed, and they smiled. Those two figures were Dan Aykroyd's great-grandparents leaning over the bed, smiling down as if giving the, like, a seal of approval, like, all right, we're, we're, we're happy to have him. And then they faded off. And that's according to Dan Eckward's mom that that happened. She swears up and down by it. Wow. Yeah. Sick stuff, man. Well, you know, when, you, when you're involved with this particular subject, especially Dan Aykroyd has basically a lineage of, you know, his family being involved with the occult, you know, things like that are bound to happen. You know, like maybe that maybe his, you know, throughout his family history, his great grandfather and father before that figured out some form of a way to essentially come back and see if everything is adding up with the family. Like who's next in line to carry out, you know, our studies and stuff. And, you know, we did see something like that in afterlife where, you know, we had Egon come back and help his family out with the situation that was going on. Um, Maybe he got that idea from something that happened to him. Um, And he actually continues to incorporate paranormal with even his, uh, I believe his vodka company is called something skulls vodka. Um, Yes. The vodka is basically in a handcrafted, very done, done meticulously to a specific design, a skull. And when you see fan pages on social media, a lot of people not only make him sign proton packs and things like that, but they bring the crystal skull vodka. I think that's the name of the crystal skull vodka. Yeah. Um, they bring it to Dan to, to sign. And um, personally, I don't know about you. I, you know, I don't really drink like that, but when I've gone to liquor stores, I've never seen that. I don't know about you. I've, I've never seen it for sale at a store, but I've been told, Hey, we'll order it for you. Um, my tattoo artist, actually, I just got a little bit more work done on my back to finish this piece. It's taking way too long to finish. That's a different story. Um, he had two half filled bottles of it on his counter. I remember staring right at them going, Oh, Dan Aykroyd owns that. But yeah, they're, they're hard to find. A lot of them is a lot of places will just order them to be honest. I don't know why, because it's such a cool, badass looking bottle. I would think people would just buy it out of impulse if they saw it in front of them that's that's my goal is to is to you know have the bottle in my in my room and keep it so if we ever get to link up um because i haven't actually seen you so off subject to everyone listening i i claudio is one of my lifelong friends and we haven't seen each other in months but we never lose touch so it's funny that we're on a podcast together but we haven't seen each other in literal months we're literally catching up through the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So when we do get to link up and if all goes well and I get weekends off with a new position and all this fun stuff, we can actually have a, a civilized barbecue and maybe we can indulge in some Crystal Skull uh, vodka. Indeed, that would be pretty badass. Hell yeah. you know. And, and afterwards, we're going to definitely have to have a, it's going to sound disgusting with vodka, but um, uh, Ecto Cooler Chaser. That, yeah, yeah. And hopefully they're not completely... Uh, outdated and old but um back to back to that so and, and you know it's funny when i think crystal skull uh you know i don't really think paranormal i think indiana jones indiana jones i knew it i knew it <laughs> yep. I, I i think that you know and it's um it's like i said dan dan's just affiliated with all things paranormal and it's funny because i had another guest on 
um, twice, uh, my friend Joe and you guys would get along. And we were saying that a lot of stuff, it was an episode called Tools of Ghostbusting. And a lot of the stuff that you see the Ghostbusters use besides the proton pack and the trap, because that's very science fiction at the moment. You know what I mean? But a lot of the stuff they used prior to them actually becoming, you know, the Ghostbusters. And even when they become the Ghostbusters, some of the stuff they use is very similar to actual tools that a paranormal investigator would use. Like the PKE meter is basically the EMF meter that real paranormal investigators would use. You know, it's very similar. Um, The Geiger counter is in my eyes, because I actually own one and I have to show you it. The Geiger counter is the Gaga meter rather is actually very similar to a real life Geiger counter, which basically detects radiation, which in the paranormal world, they say that it's a possibility that ghosts could leave like radiation trails or do something with the magnetic fields or energy that a trace of radiation would be around. But from my basic knowledge in paranormal UFO sightings really do create the radiation. It's been noted that UFO that have been spotted close to the ground Skinwalker Ranch, for example, random, random radiation spot occur. So I never really used when I went to Vidi's investigation, I never really used the Geiger counter, but I do have one. And it's similar to the Gaga meter, which Egon used in Ghostbusters 2 when they went to the spot where the, the carriage stopped in the street. Absolutely. It's this. Well, there is, uh, how should I say, a, a lot of the stuff, the equipment in the films is grounded off of some form of science. Um, there are videos. You can go on YouTube also, and you can, uh, how does the proton pack work? How does the, the PKE meter work? And, I mean, obviously, it's a little, makes a little bit of fantasy stuff and, you know, the whole story that embellishes it, but a lot of it is grounded in science. Um, the radiation with the, with our visitors, I, yeah, I kind of, I kind of believe that Skinwalker Ranch is somewhere, dude, I would definitely go to Skinwalker Ranch. Let me tell you, man, that place looks epic. Epic. I would love to go there. I would take a trip there, but unfortunately it's completely private property. Um, name uh, owned by Brandon Fogel, and he purchased the ranch. He the guy's like a, a a millionaire. I don't. I keep forgetting what exactly he does. I know he owns companies, but he he took over the ranch from the previous owner, and his name is slipping my mind. But I know the the, the owner now, current owner is Brandon Fogel, and he has it completely. It's private, and the only people he basically lets onto the ranch is. Um, the people that are currently investigating and they do have livestock on the ranch and those people live there 24 seven, they live on the ranch and they're the caretakers of the animals. Um, I'd love to go there, but unfortunately it's like considered private. And to be honest with you, as per the show, which is on two seats in Walker ranch, which I recommend and I've actually spoken about. It's pretty much just 
private property. And if you go near there, you, the security guards will, it's almost like an area 51. Oh, there's gotta be a way in there. I mean, dude, think about it. It's like a Mecca of stuff going on. You got crop circles, shape shifters, um, cattle mutilations. It's, it's like, um, portals, portals. It's dude. the actual, the actual skinwalker where, which is an actual thing. Yeah. And objects have been spotted overhead as well as obviously on the ground, you know, and it's like, dude, how epic of a place is this? And from what I can tell, I mean, look, not for nothing. It's, it's just land. There's, it's not like it's prime real estate, like you would find in New York or something like that, where it's worth so much money. Why would a guy who's loaded buy that ranch? Well, I I think he did it for 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 science reasons and and to really look into what's going on. And the United States government did form a team to go there and investigate with the second owner of the ranch, the owner Brandon Fogel. Um, and I believe that second the owner before him actually, um, he actually did some work with the United States government and the research of UFOs. Yeah. Uh, so it's been investigated by the government prior to Brandon Fogel actually owning the ranch currently. And it was, it was called back in the day, it was actually called Sherman ranch. And it's in, it's in the Northeast part of Utah. And I, okay. So the second owner of the, of the ranch before the Shermans was Robert Bigelow. Robert Bigelow is the person that sold the ranch to Brandon Fogel. Robert Bigelow ran an investigative team there and also had the United States government come in and, and check things out. Essentially, things got you know to a point where he let the ranch go. But Robert Bigelow is someone that in future episodes I have to speak about because Robert Bigelow had a lot of ties with a lot of the UFO stuff that went, that went on, including a team that was pretty much hush hushed about that in 2017 i believe or 2007 one of those two dates i know it was with a seven there was a secret ops team to investigate the unidentified flying objects or the um unidentified air the unidentified aerial phenomenon the uaps they call it they don't really call it ufos they call it uaps so robert bigelow had a hand in some some form of the team that was established in the government that wasn't really known about. Um, so Skinwalker Ranch essentially is a hotspot for all paranormal activity. And the former owner, Robert Bigelow, had a lot to do with that ranch prior to Brandon Fogel um, taking it over. But there's a lot going on there. And I don't know how easy it, w- it would be to potentially get there, especially Utah, because that's quite a trip. Yeah, yeah. Well, the ranch was sold to UB Media, who is the current owner now. But the owner, who uh, I guess runs the UB Media or Brandon parts Ford. of it, yeah, um, won't uh, reveal the name. Insane, insane. But that would definitely be an interesting place to go. I mean, oh, and then on top of it, you have the Navajo, the Navajo, uh, the Navajo tribes that were a part of that land and know a buttload about what's been going on there a lot longer back in history than we do. Yeah. The, the Navajo were 
basically, I think it was the, the Navajo and another tribe were basically the ones that spoke of the Skinwalker, which is basically, so what happens on Skinwalker Ranch, mostly talked about, and um, what, 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 what they mainly talk about on that ranch is extraterrestrial UFO type stuff. Uh, and there's a lot of earthly anomaly, uh, anomalies that happen there that they can't really figure out. The Skinwalker itself is, is, a, is a type of what, what paranormal enthusiasts call a cryptid. Um, and the Navajo and the other Indians in that area, which, which range from Arizona to Utah, said that it's a creature that was basically made through tribes at war with one another. And from what I originally heard about the Skinwalker is to become a Skinwalker, you had to do a very terrible deed of killing someone and then eating their heart and he would become a skinwalker mm-hmm. and you had the ability to morph into this any pretty much any beast and if you weren't able to morph fully it something would seem off that's why a lot of people when they say they quote unquote see a skinwalker that it, it doesn't look like a normal animal like something's off like the deer was walking on four legs but then all of a sudden started walking on two legs like it had like a sharp claw or something on its foot like a raptor or something yeah it's weird weird things weird. but skinwalker ranch is is you know you look at these shows on tv and you know one show in particular i watched which is my favorite show at the moment is um paranormal court on camera and i i highly recommend that show like, yeah, i've seen that awesome show awesome it, show. it the the i watched the most recent episode it was a little eh but the two episodes for the most recent se- uh, season before the most recent now, the two last episodes were amazing. And then there's a place in Portchester. Um, I'm going to tell you the episode, uh, the number and the season that I want you to watch. Because I'm maybe you might have the ability to find out where this is. And we could actually go there. But oh, do tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that off we'll talk more about that off off air but they there was a, a man that lives in Porchester in a building that was converted during the 1917 um influenza um outbreak the building that he was living in was converted at one point to a hospital and he heard ghost stories so he went to the basements which of the building which is not in use cobwebs the whole nine and he filmed the little boy peeking out from the wall multiple times. Ooh. It is some of the best evidence that I've ever seen because he's clearly filming from his phone. And at one point, this little boy apparition peeks out over the wall and he chases it. And when he turns the corner, there's nothing there. So that's clear as day, unless he's like an expert editor, because you can't always rule, you can't rule that out. But unless he's an editor, to do that, what he did, chase it and go around the corner and there's nothing there, that's really good evidence. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. But this is the type of stuff that Dan getting back to him was affiliated with. And when you become affiliated with such a topic, you know, you're, I guess you're more prone to being in tune with paranormal. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think it goes hand in hand in a sense. I mean, you gotta, you gotta believe to some extent in the paranormal or that something else is out there that you can't see or really touch after time, but you, something tells you that it's there. Like when you're walking down the street or 
in your house and you kind of get the sense that someone's behind you. Like if you even get as little as much as that sensation in your body at some point in your life, you can in a sense relate to something like Ghostbusters or Dan Aykroyd, Skinwalker Ranch, all of that, the whole phenomena, the whole thing, you know, it's, it should captivate you at some extent. Totally. Yeah. You know, so there's a couple of things that I always say, and I repeat to people that are non-believers and, you know, you have the right to not believe in certain things, but say when it comes to UFOs, if you really think we're the only people in the entire infinite galaxy, then you're very naive, you know? And I believe in UFOs because I know what I saw. I know the date. I know the time. And it, it's always going to be in my mind that I saw this UFO with my family on October 31st in 1995. And my mom, dad, and brother can stand by that story. And that's why I believe in UFOs. And as far as paranormal, everybody has a ghost story. You can just randomly go to a restaurant or an outing with friends and it'll come up just by accident. You know, like a story. So everybody has a weird story. And you know what you were saying before, just a little while ago, you said like, you, know, you walk down a block and you have your hair stands up and you feel like someone was watching you behind you. So... I'm an, I'm an active listener in the last five, six months to, for the Joe Rogan podcast and yeah. really didn't listen to him until, you know, most recently, like, like the last few months. And he has a belief in UFOs or he, you know, he's trying to get to the bottom of things like he kind of believes, but he doesn't. He thinks he really is leaning towards the government doing things and testing out equipment. But he also, like, one of the most recent episodes I listened to is, he says that, that there's a gland in the brain that, and it's been proven, I actually spoke about this recently, that, are you familiar with DMT? DMT. Uh, a little bit, a little bit. So it's, it's a drug that's found in plants. And down in, like, I guess, South America, you can actually go to a particular area and the tribesmen there, it's like a resort. But when you go there, and um, Josh Gates did this on an episode of one of his uh, Expedition Unknown or whatever. It, they grind the plant together and they basically make you inhale it. And you go on a trip. And it goes to your pineal gland, right? Is it a pineal, pineal gland, something like P that, right? You know, pineal gland, I believe. Okay, pineal, okay. And, sure. you know, you, you start tripping balls, basically, not sugarcoating it. You know, you trip balls and you basically awesome. feel like you're, you're dying. It's like the most closest thing to an NDE near death experience that you can possibly have. And he says that besides from the drug being a thing, and obviously if you, if you, if you smoke it, it, the, it's not as long as a trip, but if you inject it, it's like an hour long, two hour trip. And you see weird things. You see like flashing lights, um, basically go on a psychedelic trip. You, the people see elves and gnomes and all sorts of things. And it's the closest thing to a near-death experience ever. More of the story is Joe Rogan says that there's an in your brain, there's been found recent studies that this DMT actually exists in our brain. And what he believes is, and this is a good point, so I always bring this up, is that he believes in that he spoke to actually Bill Maher about this. So that was the episode. He was speaking to Bill Maher. So if you want to go back after at some point and listen to it. It's pretty interesting. So at one point he speaks to Bill Maher and he says, I believe people see ghosts because if DMT is in your brain and you're scared at the moment, 
your brain might secrete the DMT to get you into a certain zone, like adrenaline. So when you get into a certain th- like zone, like you're scared of the dark and you go into a dark room, possibly your brain secretes DMT and you might see something as if you're almost in a DMT trip. So, it, it, you know, like not saying that DMT is why we see ghosts, but it's a possibility. True. And I see exactly where the point is coming from, but how would you explain when something is caught on film? Yeah, exactly. My thoughts exactly. You can't, you know, that because you. Make- I don't have. I don't have DMT in my iPhone. <laughs> right. No, it's exactly. You know, I actually was sent, and I, I feel like I sent you this video, but, um, did I ever send you that video? So apparently, I got. I tell you something. I got roasted on Reddit for this like two weeks ago. Um. So I'm trying to get onto Reddit with the podcast. You know, I'm, I'm only on really on Instagram. I'm trying to figure out how to do a YouTube page, right? I'm not really technological privy or, you know, savvy rather. And I put a video that my brother sent me months ago. And the video had two girls playing a bar game in their apartment. It was one of the. Yeah, I remember that one. Right, yeah, I yeah. sent you this, right? Yeah, yeah. That's not yeah, a DMT that's... trip. That's I saw that. You know, yeah, it's on video. You can't you can't make that up in your brain because it's right in front of you. You can keep replaying it. It's yeah, it's there. <laughs> yeah. So and but you know, off off subject, I got roasted. So apparently, I put that video up there because I wanted to post something in the ghost, you know, dread, uh, thread on Reddit, and people claimed that that video was already put up and it was fake. And I know I heard the story from, from the source, or at least the second source. Like, it was someone, one of my brother's friends that knew that girl in the video. And he told me the whole story and who it was, whatever. And they roasted me. He said it was fake. And I'm like, but you don't know the whole story. Apparently, the story was out there. But getting back to the point, what you were saying, that I could see what he's saying. You're right. You can't DMT trip and see something on a video. It's impossible. So, and I, you know, I wish that, you know, I was cool enough to have my podcast blow up and have Dan Aykroyd guest star, because I guarantee you right now, me, you and him were talking, you know, we were like, imagine that talking to Dan Aykroyd. That'd be awesome. He would go as we're going in depth, speaking of him and the Ghostbusters, and now we're on to other things. He probably with his vast knowledge and the, the family that he lived in can probably tell you every category in the paranormal because paranormal, we think ghosts, but really when you think about the paranormal, it's a multitude of things. It goes into cryptids. It goes into UFOs. It goes into lost civilizations. It goes into extraterrestrials. It goes into aliens. It goes into ghosts. It goes into demons. It goes into the Bible. You know, paranormal is really vast. And when I think of paranormal, I think of, Ed and Lorraine Warren. I think of the sightings TV show. I think of Ghostbusters and I think of Dan Aykroyd because people just see him as an actor or director, but his far from it. Yeah. His affiliation in the world of paranormal is, is believable. And a lot of people really don't know that about Dan Aykroyd, that he's not just a writer director or actor he literally has a family history and an involvement in paranormal yeah, and his, his family had seances in their house yeah 
You know, I mean, he's been he he's been bred in this since day one. Yeah, it's 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 you know, like I said, people just see him on screen and don't realize that when he does these movies, that the involvement he actually had in something that I I guess myself and you can say is a real thing. You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. So now we're gonna get to this point now because I said I we're gonna get back to it. What do you want to see now? Because we're 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 seeing a lot of movies go on to TV series through streaming apps, and we're seeing movies from the past come out. Like we're getting another Jurassic Park, the final one. Yeah, they're bringing back all the originals from every movie out there. They're bringing back. We're seeing this a lot now. We're seeing Ewan McGregor return as Obi Wan from prequels that were out. You know, what 15, 20, 25 years ago at this point. Um, you know, we're seeing the, that Ghostbusters is following a trend that long overdue that we're going to get more movies. We're going to get what we what we wanted, you know, unfortunately, a little too late because, you know, we don't have Harold. We don't have Ivan no more. But what do you hope to see with the Ghostbusters for movie? Well, well there's it, it's hard to answer and like. A couple of sentences this is it's got it's this is an onion and it's got layers i and i really don't mean to quote shrek so it's a blooming it's yeah but it, but it's a blooming onion the the problem let's put aside ghostbusters for one second the problem right now that has been going on for several years has been hollywood and that worries me and here's why I mean, and not to get all into the political stuff and everything, because that's a whole different discussion. But there's been this trend for years, and it has consistently failed, but it keeps being forced down our throats where all men, especially white men, are wrong. They're bad. Uh, Women know everything 100%, don't need training, don't need... uh, uh, a story arc, um, a rise to glory. It's just you're instantly the best Jedi ever. Like, you know, let's say Ray uh, from the last Star Wars movies. Which we're, a lot of people agree with that. Yeah, it's we're, we're, we're getting all this girl power, girl power, me too. And it's done so badly and it's done so wrong and it's done so deliberately. Look at 2016's Ghostbusters where it's turning people off and these franchises are losing money, but they are forcing the narrative that they want to spin down your throat. And if you don't agree with their narrative, these people who are telling you, let's have open dialogue, let's be friendly, let's not argue, are then shelling you their narrative. And if you don't follow it, you're racist, you're, uh, you're homophobic, you're sexist, you're a, a, a fanboy. You live in your mom's basement, and you're 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 the devil. Now, with that said, you brought up Han Solo. I'm not too thrilled about it anymore, because Disney realized they have done nothing but lose money since owning the Star Wars franchise. Their last ditch efforts have been Mandalorian, Boba Fett. It was a disaster, because. People in charge, people with a lot of power, are running the narrative. 
now supposedly they're going to announce side note a Darth Vader series coming uh, oh. they were forcing this to come out sooner than later because Disney stock is plummeting because of the quote unquote don't say gay bill in Florida which is total BS Disney should not be involved in political stuff you are supposed to entertain kids young adults adults depending on what brands you're buying out and everything okay um, that's your job. Don't be political. Don't send subliminable messages to children's cartoons where your own CEOs are saying, yeah, we sneak in as much stuff as we can. That's LBGTQIX, whatever, you know, um, messages into all our stuff because, yeah, that's what we want to do. So what? Because if you go against that, you're going to get sued, protest, cancel culture. It's not right. So. Moving forward with the franchise, I'm worried. Now, I have zero problem. Let me just, I should have said this to start because I don't want any listeners to think uh, I'm trying to be sexist or anything. Because listen, I love Sarah Connor. I think she was badass. Ripley was badass. Yeah. I mean, listen, there are female (coughs) action stars, characters that were awesome because we saw them be no one. We saw them train or identify um, an issue, the problem, try to take on that problem, get their asses kicked, re-up themselves, get back at it with a vengeance, and then kick everything's ass. Yeah, I could defend, I could, I could see where I, I could defend you on that because there's been plenty of movies in the past where, you know, women which you're, you know, you're saying that Hollywood wants to make them into, you know, you know, all about women, like Ghostbusters 2016 literally had shots at men in it. And nonstop. one of the reasons why I really wasn't too cool with it, because, you know, why, why, you know, why I, I, I said why to that movie, because certain movies don't need reboots. No. You know, like I don't want to see a Gremlins reboot. I don't want to see Chucky. I don't want to see a thousand alien reboots, predator reboots. But, but that's the problem right there. If there's a Chucky reboot, let's say. Let's say they do another Chucky. Well, Chucky is going to have to be a girl who's going to have to be with minority-colored skin, with blue hair, right? Like, because we need to... In, like, why? What, we need to what? It, this is the character. This is what's been said in, you know, historically. Run with it. Leave it alone. Now, what Disney is doing, I hope Ghostbusters does not do, which is... They realized that their ship has sunk and it's still sinking through the ocean floor to the Earth's core. So supposedly all these shows are supposed to fit some type of new narrative that will allegedly, and I'm, if you could see me now, I'm doing these huge quotes in the air, are going to rewrite, redo the, the sequel trilogy as non-canon out into the Legends library and redo a whole new set to try to get fans back will it happen i doubt it ghostbusters forget 2016 i think afterlife was a great premise moving forward i would like to see maybe the kids involved in some way they'll be a little bit older by the time the film comes out i could see that i don't want to see the kids ghostbusting I think they should bring back a little bit more of the adult comedy sci-fi feel that was 
the 84 film versus Ghostbusters 2. I want to see a little more of the adult humor. Um, I want to see them back because they were great characters. Phoebe was awesome. I would love to see Phoebe again. She's a great character. The, the girl nailed it. She looked like a mini Egon. She nailed it. Yeah, I would say you have to bring her back because... Absolutely. She, you know? She's got the brains and Winston would essentially have the money. Yeah. So, and the, dude, she she owned that role. Like, that's Egon's granddaughter. Like, yeah. She, she and then you have to bring back by... Just by you know, process of elimination, you gotta bring back the mother because... You of know, course. And you gotta bring back Finn Wolfhard because... You know, he's the brother, he's got to be there. Yeah, right? he's got He's got He's got to be there. And now you bring them back. You got to bring back podcasts because they became friends. You know what I mean? And he runs the podcast that Ray Stance listens to. You know, so you essentially got to bring back the entire cast. And you're, you know, you hit it on the head. By the time they get this movie filmed, they'll be older, so they can kind of, you know, dawn the the packs. Even though you don't really kind of want that. If they do, you won't take them. You won't take the movie as serious. I I'll be honest with you, and I don't want to blow your spot up. But in the beginning, you were like, "I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch Ghostbusters Afterlife." Right? You did quote me on that. Did you? Did no, you, I, did, I did. I did say that. I did say. You did right, yeah. and I said, and I kept trying to to sway you. I'm like, Claudio, you got to give it a chance because it looks good. It looks good, and I'll be honest with you, the movie in the beginning. I was like, you know, where's this going? And then towards the end, I was like, this is perfectly done because they couldn't really do it any other way. And what Ghostbusters Afterlife essentially was, was, was giving Harold Ramis a proper send off and setting up for the fourth movie, which, which we can get to see a, a lot of things. See, Afterlife worked because which made me happy and alleviated the fears that I had that I was complaining to you about was the kids in the movie, they weren't Ghostbusters. They were kids that found stuff, saw something going on and used what they had to try to do something about it because the adults won't believe us. So for that moment in time, it works. But these kids in Manhattan Running around with pro, it's like, are, are you going to gear this to little kids, or do you want to gear this more to the adults who grew up with the originals and are bringing their little kids? And you could still sell the merchandise, and both the adults and the kids will buy it, not just the kids. If you go to Kitty Route, I would like to see adult Ghostbusters moving forward with the kids around as like the up and comers, you know. Look, in 20, was it 2014, 15, around then? Channing Tatum, Chris Pratt. Allegedly, there was going to be that a was, Ghostbuster movie. That was the rumor. It was, uh, it was Channing Tatum. It was, um, what's the fat kid from Super Bowl, uh, Super Bad? Seth Rogen? Oh, no, not Seth Rogen. Um, I know who you're talking about. The, the kid that was in 21 Jump Street with Channing Tatum. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, him. And, um, and a couple, I think two other people. Seth, I think Rogan too was awesome. set to be in it because it was going to be a you know a comedy, but in 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 a nutshell, <laughs> you know, I don't know if you noticed this, and I brought this up to uh, my friend Joe who's been on the uh, podcast before. I brought this up that if you took played close attention to this, took place thirty something years later after the second Ghostbusters movie, that. There was a few times where the ghost actually broke 
the pro the proton beam. Like they broke out of it. Muncher did. Yeah. Granted, it was just one stream, but Gozer, in the ending scene, like towards the end of the, the movie, Ray, Ray, Winston, and Peter threw the beams on her, and she had three beams around her, and she broke out of it. Now, if you go to the cartoon Extreme Ghostbusters, which I, I know you're not a fan of, but hear me out. The premise of that was they re, they re-released a paranormal episode in Manhattan, these construction workers. Egon was a teacher in a college, and three kids would essentially just get easy credits. And they ended up being intertwined with what was going on and having to help out Egon. And originally, in the first two episodes, they used the original proton packs, but it wasn't strong enough for the ghost that got re-released into Manhattan. And then You there, buddy? I just got yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. So essentially, what happened was they had to be build with Roland, who was the smart one, and Egon build proton packs, new ones, and they could go with that route because the the proton packs in that movie looked real beat up. If you watch the, you know, if you go on pages and see replicas, it, it was very aged. It was rusted. You know, there was a lot of scenes in in Ghostbusters Afterlife that were actually labeled in the movie film cut board, Rust City. So I would kind of like to see something to that extent where they kind of just evolve the Ghostbusters by keeping the premise. Let them use the proton packs, and then Winston comes on board and says, guys, these packs aren't working like they used to. You know, we got we to gotta upgrade. And take an idea out of the extreme Ghostbusters. Because they, cool. they, they did take a lot of Ghostbusters extreme and use it. Like the, the logo for the movie had the Extreme Ghostbusters logo very, very similar to what the cartoon logo looked like. Um, you know, the Muncher ghost was actually a ghost that was a ghost on Extreme Ghostbusters. There was an episode where they had to throw and keep feeding the ghost metal because they kept feeding on the metal and they didn't want to get the proton beams weren't working, which I actually think was back in the saddle episode where the original cast from the original Ghostbusters yep. cartoon came back. So, you know, there's a lot of things that they can do with it. Um, and I believe, and I don't know if I, I mean, Jason Reitman is going to have a, a a play in it. He says that he wanted to other people to do it. So well, hopefully the premise will stay the same and nothing too much will change. But I honestly think the futures of Ghostbusters, um, you know, because it's going to be a fourth installment. You know, it's, it's said it's not going to be anything else. They said it's going to be another installment after Ghostbusters Afterlife. I do, I do think Ernie Hudson and Dan Aykroyd will return in some form. And if you go back to Ghostbusters Afterlife, Razor Cult was there. He picked up the red phone. So you have to get Danny in there. And I believe he will. I just hope that they don't really drag their feet on this because, you know, they dragged their feet on the idea to get another Ghostbusters movie. And unfortunately, we lost Hal Ramis. Yeah, I think this time around it'll, it'll work good. You know what I want to see, though? Going back to like, I want a more adult comedy themed, like the first one. I got a good fourth Ghostbuster. I want to see, because we need a minority character, right? We had Winston, but I, I want to see another one. But you know who I really want to see, and I think could make like a good, uh, quote unquote, new Winston, like give the same type of attitude and charisma like Winston did? Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Michael B. Jordan. I want Michael B. Jordan to be like the new 
you know, Winston type. I want him in it. Well, there you go. Winston apparently has a family. So you know what? Why not? Right. It's just Winston's nephew. It's Winston's grandson. It's Winston's son, whatever. You know what they could do to make all the diehard fans. And I mean, diehard that follow everything, even including the 2016 one. He's rolling. Exactly. He's rolling. He's rolling. Roland. Thank you. There you go. Kylie comes in at some point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I like I love I liked Garrett. I liked it. I didn't. I never even took notice that he was, you know, handicapped in the in the cartoon. But I liked it. It worked. It worked for me. I liked it, and that's that's showing the diversity that you know people kind of want nowadays. And I get it, you know. But I, I I worked for me, and if they brought in, you know, that cast or they kept the original cast and worked around it and included Roland, you know, but. You know, we did have uh, what was her name in the movie? The uh, the that Finn Wolfhart's character uh, liked. She 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 comes back. I'm okay with her because she yeah, well too. You know, yeah, she was cool. She was uh, cool. The, the cast was 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 good, and I think that you know, going forward, Ghostbusters is on track to have their their Fast and Furious, their Star Wars, their. Indiana Jones, which is another movie coming out about with Harrison Ford, but that's another story. But oh my god, yeah, I think, they're, they're killing Indy. <laughs> no, they. I so real quick on that. They I've read a report that they're going back to the old roots, so it's going to be totally unlike the Kingdom of Crystal Skull. Well, yeah, because the 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 film crew can't believe what the hell they're filming. They're all like, "You're seriously going to kill off Indiana Jones?" They leaked it. This is, of course, going back to people in charge, Kathleen Kennedy. Ruined Star Wars, wants to kill off Indy, to make a spin-off with a new Indiana Jones, a female, and then hey, follow her new adventures on Disney Plus. Seriously? Yeah. No. I, I don't know. I didn't hear that, but I don't know because Harrison Ford's very adamant on saying no one else will wear that hat except me. Yeah, but you better hurry up, man, because you're like you're gonna be eighty two by the time the movie And there was a rumor that Chris Pratt would take over because he does look like him. He was photoshopped in and, and he would be a perfect indie and they can do backstories of him and younger adventures. So but do it. Do I'm, it, that'd be I'm great. Getting low on time, so I actually wanted to take the last two minutes to thank you for coming on board and giving a really long and really good podcast. We've covered everything. Dan Ackward, we went to Skinwalker Ranch, we went to UFOs, we went to Ghostbusters. It was Awesome having you on, and I want to have you on in the future to talk about other topics. Um, maybe you could research the Bombonguero from the Argentinian cryptid, and we could talk about that. Let's do it, bro. Let's do it. It's been a pleasure. I had an awesome time, and I would love to be on it again anytime. Anytime. I'm here, brother. So I want to thank you, Claudio, again, and I also want to thank the Anchor app for giving me the opportunity to have this paranormal episode with my friend Claudio. And if you haven't heard about the Anchor app, the Anchor app is the free app sponsored by Spotify that will give you the opportunity to get your podcasting idea out there and feature you on outlets like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and many other epi- uh, outlets for podcasting. So tune in to the next episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast on all those outlets I just listed. And you can catch me on Instagram at SWAB underscore podcast, which is short for the Say What Again Billy podcast. So once again, thank you, Claudio. Thank you, Anchor. And this has been another episode of the Say What a Billy podcast.